Are you tired of all the voices who say, focus on the bottom line numbers? Say whatever you have to, just close the sale. Just get the credit card. It doesn't matter what you deliver. You will never build a successful business until you grow a pair and stop caring so much. Here, we respectfully disagree. We give you permission to embrace who you are, how much you care, and encourage you to design a business that works for you and your clients. Welcome to The Art of Giving a Damn, the podcast that proves with every single episode that you can create a profitable business doing what you're passionate about and making a positive difference in the world. Now here's your host, Michelle Schaefer. Hey, welcome to another episode of The Art of Giving a Damn. I think you'll find today's episode fascinating, especially in the time of Zoom that we have entered into. I want to welcome my guest today, Holly Mignosi. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Exciting to be here. Yeah, so you are speaker, storyteller, and body language expert. You help speakers and experts increase their influence, their impact, through the art of hypnotic body language and the neuroscience of storytelling, which is so cool. Uh, you are on a mission to help entrepreneurial women share their signature story and express their life purpose with passion, presence, and power. As a former modeling and acting coach for 15 years, you show experts proven skills around charisma, storytelling, and really help uncover hidden talents that tap into their signature star power on stage. I love that. You are the CEO and founder of the Dynamic Dream Life Group. You hold certifications in mindset and physicality specialties such as NLP, uh, hypnosis, hypnotic presentation skills and other long words that sound cool <laughs> all right so let's kind of dive in and start there how did you get started with all of this yeah thanks for that michelle well it all really started when i was about 21 years okay. old i was living my dream life mm. modeling and acting by day at a very young age i started on stage and by the time i was 21 right. i was emceeing fa fashion shows i was awesome. in tv commercials all kinds mm. of stuff like that and then at night i was a coach so i got mm. to help aspiring models and actors okay. fulfill their dream and it was amazing. I got to make a difference, do what I love and make good money. And all of us know that's really what it's all about. And it was beautiful mm -hmm. until one day my dream turned into the dun 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 nightmare. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and what happened was my boss, John, he called all of us runway coaches into a room. And he said that he was going to take the company global, global domination, wanted to have the best modeling and acting company in the world in mm -hmm. order to do that we all had to look like celebrity models and actors. And at that moment mm -hmm. I knew I was in trouble because I wasn't the typical celebrity model height. That's okay. usually five, nine, five, 10, five, 11. I'm only five, eight. And then there's, you know, physicality specifics. The measurements mm -hmm. are 34, 24, 34, which let's just say mm -hmm. I'm a little more curvy in some of those <laughs> departments. And then he proceeded to mm -hmm. measure us with a measuring tape publicly in front of each other. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And he measured the first two runway coaches mm. and I knew they were going to be perfect and they were. Mm. And then when it was my turn, he measured my bust, my waist and my hips. Oh, wow. And my hips were not one, not two, not three, mm. but four inches 
outside of the norm what he wanted. And he looked at me and my body, pointed to my hips, turned to my peers and coworkers and said, if any of you have this problem, fix it or you're fired. Oh, now, wow. mind you, I'm 21, 22 years old. Oh, my God. I had no sense of not having confidence. I had good self-esteem until that moment. And at that moment, I hit maximum embarrassment, wow. shame. I felt like the bad apple of the bunch. Yeah. And everyone else was perfect except for me. And at that moment, I decided what most of us do when we are in a moment of pain. I was like, I'm never going to feel this pain again. And that's when I started my relationship with drugs. For 10 years, I used off and on to really manage my weight so that I could stay doing what I loved. Mm -hmm. But inside, I knew I was a fraud because I knew if I quit, all the weight would come back. So even though I got a promotion, I got a raise, I made more money, I was working more, inside I knew that I was a fraud. And I wanted so desperately to quit, but you know, I just couldn't. I couldn't do it for me. Until one day, things got really dangerous. And I was in my early 30s, I'd gotten married, had a daughter, and I walked into my bedroom, and she was three years old, And there she was on my bedroom floor with her blonde hair and blue eyes and her pink little tutu with the little flowers all over it. And she was holding my drugs in her hands. Wow. And my heart sank into my stomach and I rushed to her. I checked her mouth and everything. And I literally got there just in time. And at that moment, it was like a divine download. All of a sudden I heard these words like, what if I didn't get there in time? What if she had to consume something? What if I had to call the police? What if they called CPS? Because not only was I using, but my husband at the time was using. What if she was taken away from us? And then the worst vision and question of all was, what if she ended up like me? And so I decided in that moment, I need to quit three things. I need to quit drugs. I need to quit my job. And I need to quit my marriage. And I had no idea how I was going to do all that. But, you know, when we take a leap of faith and and it's in the right direction, it's amazing how God, the universe, whatever word you want to use, comes to really support you. And so I did, Mm. I quit all of those things, not for me, but for her. Mm. And I decided I needed help. You know, when we need like a mindset shift, we need mentorship to get us out of our own way, to see things differently, to be inspired, to take a different action that might seem kind of scary. So I hired a fitness coach, Tom the trainer, Mm -hmm. tall, dark, and handsome. And I tell you, I didn't miss one of our training (laughs) sessions. It was really a turning point because for the first Mm -hmm. time, he was giving me compliments for being strong, Mm -hmm. not skinny. He was giving me compliments for really taking care of me first, not just for what I look like, but for being healthy from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, I think you're kind of good at this working out thing. So why don't you become a trainer? And I'm like, yeah, okay. Okay. I can do that. I can take everything I've learned about, you know, confidence, physicality, and really help Mm -hmm. women. So within four months of meeting each other, Tom, the trainer, and I opened up our very own fitness studio. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it was an instant success, instantly, you know, but an interesting thing happened. I still had this dark secret that I was 
keeping from my clients because I didn't want anyone to know here I am this picture perfect image of health Mm -hmm. but yet six months earlier here I am doing lines of cocaine and speed and whatever else to manage my weight and I was embarrassed and kind of holding back you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like I didn't want anyone to know but with one client my story kind of slipped out And I shared my story and she began to share with me that she saw connections in my story and her story that I didn't see. She said, Oh, I get it. You're not addicted to food, but you are addicted to drugs and addiction is addiction, which is why you're so compassionate for people like me. And I was like, yeah, that's it. And then she started bringing me all her friends. Mm -hmm. She started bringing me her congregation. She was a minister. She started bringing me her family members and my business exploded literally from sharing my true Mm -hmm. story and moving from shame to shine. And then after a few years, I realized that I just have such a love of helping entrepreneurs. Many of the people in my in my personal training business were leaders of leaders. They were doctors and nurses and teachers and ministers. And I really fell in love with storytelling and Mm -hmm. I combined everything that I had learned from being a runway coach. I owned a modeling agency, helping people find their charisma on stage, combined that with storytelling and body language and began to help entrepreneurs. Wow, that's quite a story. Uh, you know, I think I, I love that the moment where things felt like they were falling apart most really is where the pieces started to fall together for you. And things yeah. just kind of, I, I like that the the fitness studio was the instant success. And I think so often when those breakdown moments happen, it is so that things can fall back together in the right order. And when we follow that and you just followed what you felt like you were supposed to do without knowing, you know, really what was coming next. The story that writes itself is amazingly powerful. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And one of the things that I share with my clients, which is kind of a mindset Mm -hmm. uh, perspective is that I truly believe that our adversity is meant to be our greatest victory. Mm -hmm. If we just step into it with faith with the intention to share from a place of not look at me, but really how can I help you? Not from a place of standing in my story, but from a place of standing on my story in victory. Mm -hmm. And how can I make meaning of this to support somebody else going through something similar? I like that. I think one of the things that's so powerful about sharing our stories, because I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head with the, the idea that so many entrepreneurs and others don't share their stories because they're ashamed of them. They're embarrassed of them and they don't realize the thing that connects us to each other really is those common experiences. And for you, it was the addiction between the drugs and the food, that connection with your clients. And there's so many things like that, that if we don't share our story, we're never really giving people the opportunity, not just to get to know us and understand us, but to understand themselves and understand how to overcome the challenges they're going through as well. Absolutely. And you know, what's interesting that you touched on is two things. One, people feel sometimes like they only need to share their credibility to be Mm -hmm. credible but it's actually the positioning of the vulnerability with yeah. the credibility that allows that mm-hmm. deep connection. And we've all heard that phrase, the no like and trust factor. Mm-hmm. And when you are able to position your 
vulnerability and credibility, you can gain that know, like, and trust factor literally in minutes. Because the things that I just shared with you, most people would only share that with a best friend. Yeah. Or someone that was going through it with them. So mm-hmm. in my own story telling that I just shared with you, the audience will also, and you'll find this if you share your story, that they'll make connections that you didn't even intend. Yeah. Like they may see yeah. my need for yeah. perfectionism or they may see my need to be loved and liked right. and find like, yeah, I have that too. So it's really yeah. powerful. Yeah, that is that is such a powerful element of sharing our stories is that when we share enough, there's something for almost everybody to connect with. And, you know, it's, it's funny because uh, people who listen to the show know I tend to argue with the know, like, and trust thing for two reasons. One is people think it takes 17 touches with somebody to get them to, no, it doesn't. It actually takes one moment if you share the right thing. And that's one of the things that I love about the type of work that you're doing is helping people really realize you can make that connection really quickly. And the other side is the flip side of it that we forget. It's not just, do you know, like, and trust me? It's, do you believe that I know or understand that I like and that I trust you? And so often when we tell our story and we are able to, I love the way you phrase it, stand on it from a place of confidence and victory, it, it helps our prospects and our community to realize if we can go through that and instead of being ashamed and embarrassed and not like who we are, we can still love ourselves and be victorious over it then we're not going to judge them for the things that are their deepest, darkest secrets that we can still love them and still guide them and work with them because we've been able to do it for ourselves. And I think that's a really important piece of it for people to understand why it's so powerful. Yeah. And actually what you're talking about is called the pratfall effect. There's a name for it. <laughs> yes. You're so brilliant, Michelle. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I have not studied Everything in that area, but a few things, a few things. No, I, you know, it's such an important piece of really marketing and sales that business owners try so hard to apply funnel formulas and all this stuff when the one thing that'll make it all work is the ability to tell your story. You can have the worst funnel in the world, but if you've told your story properly and connected with your audience, your funnel will still work. Yeah. Yeah, because they're connecting with you and what you've been through. Absolutely. It's such a powerful piece of it. So, you know, I know a lot of what you teach and what I think would be interesting to talk about for a minute here is a little more of the body language side of things. And especially in this like virtual, we're all trapped in these little Zoom boxes right now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I think that's something that Regardless of whether it's pandemic induced or just because we work virtually, because a lot of us life hasn't really changed that much. Um, What are the things that you would start with to help somebody who's maybe either new to virtual communication or just doesn't feel that confident with it in terms of body language? Yeah, great question. I'm I'm scared to ask that since I'm on camera right now. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing great. You're doing great. Yeah. So the first thing to realize really is that we all have this snap judgment Hmm, that is happening. And in some studies, it's shown to happen as fast as two eighths of a second. So it's really quick. And what's happening inside our brain is our brain is deciding, are you friend or foe? 
you know, goodness. are you someone that I can trust? And this happens over 150,000 years mm. of the human race developing on yep. this planet. You know, when we were foraging in the forest and we saw another <laughs> homo sapien, it's like, okay, do you have a weapon in your hand? You know, oh are we gosh. cool? So we're making these really fast snap judgments. Yeah. Can't help it. We're not going to be okay. able to stop doing it. It's just what's going to happen. So the way that you can okay. come across as a friend uh-huh. in your little Zoom box <laughs> is a couple of quick things. The first is you want to posture. Okay. You want to posture. Write this confidence. down. Yeah. So the posture is something that posture. we look at with leaders. Leaders okay. will always take up more space, both vertically and horizontally. Okay. Uh-huh. And that's on stage or in huh. the room or in person, networking, or even in a Zoom box. You're okay. not going to see a leader hunched over, shrinking and making themselves smaller. So to show up as the leader of leaders or an influencer, you want to show up with great posture. I know that sounds super elementary, but it's really foundational. It is. And I don't think we always think about that when we're on Zoom or something virtual like we would on the stage because you have your stage a little bit choreographed. Huh. Okay. So the first so one's posture. Speakers, yeah. Some speakers even like to do their Zoom standing. So they still that have the physicality okay. of being on stage. That makes sense. Yeah. The second thing I would do is actually use your hands. Okay. Even still use your hands in your little Zoom box. Why? Because your body is a complete communication synthesized mechanism. So when you're communicating openly and authentically, you want to show open hands. If you were on stage, you would, I would suggest that you would come out first thing with open arms and open hands. It's a trust factor. Your hands right. are your trust factor. Right. It's just like if you think if someone says, stop, you're, you know, you're under arrest. What do yeah. they do? They put their hands That's up to like, say, I have no weapon. <laughs> I'm no threat. Exactly. I'm no threat. <laughs> okay. So we would do that on stage. And I'm going to okay. suggest that you do that even in your Zoom. Okay. Use your hands, use them open, huh. and even open your arms. Yeah. Mm. It'll begin to communicate even in mm. your voice, your tonality, your melody, your facial huh. expressions that, hey, I'm cool. I'm here. I can give you a virtual hug. So that's right. the second thing. The third mm. thing is really simple, and it's a true smile, a okay. real smile. So I'm going to describe okay. the difference between a fake or phony smile oh, and a true okay. smile. Okay. So the, the fake smile happens just with the mouth. Okay. Or you're just kind of like, you know, it's like when your parents go smile when you're a kid and you're like, oh, I don't yes. want to take this picture. All the childhood pictures. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh the true gosh. smile is when you're smiling with your eyes. Mm-hmm. Your eyes get a little smaller. You mm-hmm. might have those crow's feet or those little yeah. wisdom wrinkles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's a true smile. When you see mm-hmm. that, it's a real smile. And here's your bonus. Are you ready for a bonus? Absolutely. Who doesn't love bonuses? Okay. Yes. <laughs> to know if somebody else truly feels open to you because really communication is a two way street, right? I'm telling, I'm actually sharing with you how to show up in your Mm -hmm. communication as someone who is open, but how do you tell if someone that you're speaking to, whether it's on zoom or in person is open to you Mm -hmm. and what you want to look for is the unconscious. Hello. Okay. Okay. So the unconscious hello is a quick flash of the eyebrows. It's like this. 
almost like Joey from Friends, like, hey, how are you doing? Yes, but it's just a little bit of a quick one. Yeah, it's just a quick one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Practicing my eyebrows. That's right. Just a little eyebrow flash. And it, they go up. And the reason okay. why they go up is because when we see someone or something that we like, we automatically want to take more of that mm. in. So okay. it could be a beautiful picture. It could be a beautiful sunset. It could be a friend. It could be a a child. But when we see something we want more of, we open to it with our eyes. Now, in contrast, if we see something that we don't trust or we don't know about, think Clint Eastwood. You know, eyes get skinny. Right. Eyebrows Mm. go down, make my day, right? (laughs) That's that's what we want to look for. Mm -hmm. Okay. And actually, my son, he's in jiu-jitsu. And when mm-hmm. I first started taking him, it's a very tight, close community. Yeah. Very, very almost clicky where everyone knows yeah. everyone. The parents are also involved yep. and they're all yep. really good at jujitsu. And, and I'm not, I, I don't do jujitsu myself. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was watching one of the owners who's a female and I was questioning, I was probably having a little off day. Like my confidence wasn't so good. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, does she like me? Yeah, like, you know, you kind of just have those questions. Like, she's hugging everyone. Yeah, but she hasn't really hugged me. Does she like me? And I walked in, and she said hello and gave me the eyebrow flash. And in that moment, I was like, Mm. okay, we're cool. We're cool. That's awesome. So if you can just look for that, yeah, it makes you feel confident, and it lets you know how to modulate. You know, if you're not getting the eyebrow flash, Maybe that your tonality or Mm. your body language could be a little more warm, a little more open, a little more comforting, or step into more leadership. Whatever you feel that person needs at that moment to feel more open to you. That's fantastic. Okay, so I I have those written down. Number one is posture. Number two is hands. Number three is smile. Yes, with the eyes. The the real one, not not the posed child photo. That's right. (laughs) Great. So actually, this is a great time to uh, let people know uh, Holly has a gift for you. If you go to, and I'm going to spell this, and wherever you're watching or listening, you can find a link nearby. So click the link. It's H-O-L-L-E-Y-M-I-G-N-O-S-I.com forward slash hot 15. And what you will find there is the 15 hottest hand gestures that you can use for communication style to really engage with people, um, especially right now on Zoom. Yeah, you can use these for mating, dating, relating, business, you know, wherever there's a warm body, this is going to work for you. (laughs) All right, there you go. Well, all of those things have apparently shifted digital right now. So now's the time to figure that out. All right. Well, Holly, thank you so much for making time to join me on the podcast today. I can't wait to uh, put this episode out there and share not just your story, because that was absolutely transformational. Thank you for sharing it with us. But also the strategies around what we can do right now to really communicate effectively and make connections with people when we've got to do it all virtually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Michelle. It's been an absolute pleasure.
Awesome. All right. Well, make sure you hit like, review, rate, subscribe, depending on where you are watching or listening to this today. And uh, make sure you stop by Holly's website, grab that 15 hottest hand gestures checklist and uh, implement that and then come back, connect with Holly. You can find her on Facebook, everywhere online. Let her know how those worked for you and uh, what questions you've got about storytelling or uh, body language. She's your gal to answer. So thank you again for tuning in and I'll see you back again soon for another episode.